the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And keeping the rules, and God accepts me because I do what's right all the time, and God doesn't accept people that are sinners and that do what's wrong. Legalists who trust in their own works and in their own righteousness, they don't like grace. They don't like it. They don't like that God would accept sinners and and forgive them and even celebrate them. But that's exactly what God does. God is in the business of forgiving sinners. Did you know that God is in the business of forgiving sinners? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he shares with you the beautiful truth that God loves sinners. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe and surrender their life to Jesus would live eternally with him. Pastor Dan explains that legalists hate grace, but it's by God's grace that we've been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, not by works, only by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Genesis chapter 21. Uh, we're going to begin in verse 8. Genesis 21, 8. It says, So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing to in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water. And putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. And then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs And then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not. 
For God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. And then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. And so God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, which is Arabia. And his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Well, here we have the casting out of Ishmael and Hagar. In chapter 21, the promised son, Isaac, is born to Abraham and Sarah, finally, after so many years of waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. Uh, Verse 8 tells us that when the child was weaned, Abraham made a great feast. He threw a big party, a celebration. Uh, And as I mentioned last week, children in those days were weaned typically around the age of three years old uh, or so. Uh, So Isaac at this point is about three years old, maybe four years old, somewhere in that age range. That would make Ishmael, the older brother, that would make Ishmael about 16 or 17 years old at this point. Verse 9 tells us that during this celebration, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. It's not hard to imagine a 16-year-old scoffing at his little brother, is it? (laughs) You were 16 once. You remember how good you were at scoffing at things to show your displeasure? And I I can picture here, you know, 16-year-old Ishmael at this party, and Isaac is being honored and celebrated, and there's Ishmael in the background, you know, making faces and rolling his eyes and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Gag me, gag, you know. He's a teenager. You know, Ishmael's scoffing here at Isaac, it reminds me, of the older brother in the story of the prodigal son in the New Testament in Luke chapter 15. If you remember that story in Luke 15, when the younger brother returned home, his father received him and embraced him and celebrated his son's return. And the older brother, the older brother was angry. The older brother was angry that his dad would be so gracious towards the younger brother. And if you remember, I'll read it to you. Luke 15, verse 28. It says of the older brother, he was angry and he would not go into the party. Therefore, his father came out to him and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, listen to what the older brother says. Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make make merry with my friends. You never threw a big party for me. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. The father said to his son, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So the older brother was, was, was angry. And in, the, in this story, in Luke 15, the older brother is a picture of, of a legalist, a person who believes 
that their own good works makes them acceptable to God. And you, you hear that in what he says. I've, I've always done right. I've done everything you told me to do. You've never thrown me a, a, a party. That, that's, that, that's legalism. The older brother is angry with the father because the father would be so gracious and kind to the younger brother who is so clearly a sinner, who has so clearly uh, done nothing good. And he believed the younger brother didn't deserve to be accepted by the father because he's done nothing good. And he believed that the, the father owed him because he's done everything right. And this older brother d- demonstrates he didn't, really, he didn't really understand the father's heart at all. He sees his relationship with his father as kind of this, this slave-master relationship. And if I, if I do what I'm supposed to do, then I'm accepted by the father. And there's some people that have that kind of mentality about their relationship with God, that it's all about what I do and keeping the rules. And God accepts me because I do what's right all the time. And God doesn't accept people that are sinners and that do what's wrong. Legalists who trust in their own works and in their own righteousness, they don't like grace. They don't like it. They don't like that God would accept sinners and and forgive them and even celebrate them. But that's exactly what God does. God is in the business of forgiving sinners. He rejoices, the Bible tells us, when one sinner repents and comes to him for forgiveness. And so here, Ishmael, the older brother, scoffing at this party because they're celebrating Isaac. He's, he's similar to that older brother in the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Now, if you're a note taker, you should jot down Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 to 31. Because in Galatians chapter 4, the apostle Paul uses this story of Ishmael and Isaac and the casting out of Ishmael. To, to illustrate the difference between legalism and grace, or, or you know, law and grace, or flesh, works of the flesh, trusting the flesh, and a work of the Spirit. Again, it's Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 to 31. And, and Paul uses this story as an illustration. And the reason Paul uses this story of Ishmael and Isaac is because the Jews at that time like to say that they were children of Abraham. In fact, they believed because they were children of Abraham, they would automatically go to heaven. Right? It wasn't, you know, just because of the fact that they were born children of Abraham, they were automatically in. If you remember John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was out baptizing in the Jordan River and the Jewish religious leaders in Jerusalem, they sent out a delegation to investigate John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist saw them, he rebuked them. And one of the things that John the Baptist said to those religious leaders was, show forth fruits worthy of repentance. Or show me evidence that you've repented of your sins. And then the next thing John said was, and don't say that you are sons of Abraham. Now, why does he say that? Because in their minds, they didn't need to repent of sins. They're Abraham's children. They're Abraham's sons. And, you know, being a child of Abraham was like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Or in this case, a get-out-of-hell-free card. And so they didn't need to repent. 
And so what Paul does in Galatians chapter 4, what Paul does is actually, it's pretty clever. He says, well, you know, Abraham actually had two sons. You say that you're a child of Abraham, a son of Abraham. Abraham had two sons. He had Ishmael, who was born of the flesh. He was a work of Abraham's flesh. And Ishmael was cast out. And he had Isaac, who was born of the spirit. And Isaac was accepted. And so Paul says in Galatians 4, well, which son are you? You're a son of Abraham. Are you Ishmael or are you Isaac? Are you trusting in your works? Are you trusting in your own flesh, your own righteousness, your own ability to keep the rules to save you? Or are you born of the Spirit by God's grace? We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. And then he goes on to say you need to cast out the works of the flesh. You need to cast out the works of the flesh, just as Abraham cast out Ishmael. So, look at the text again. Here, uh, Sarah sees Ishmael scoffing at her son Isaac at his party, and she's angry. She's a 93-year-old first-time mom, and somebody is picking on her baby. Mama bear ain't happy, right? And so, verse 10 she goes to her husband Abraham and says, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And I guess she says this to him at the party, at the celebration. She goes up to her husband and says, you need to kick that son of yours out of the house. Kick him out. He can't live here anymore. He's got to go. If you notice here, look at verse 10 again. Sarah is so angry, she doesn't even call Ishmael and Hagar by their names. She says, cast out this bondwoman and her son. By the way, in the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 3, Sarah is held up as an example of a submissive wife. Being a submissive wife does not mean you have a right to remain silent in the marriage. It doesn't mean you, you can never express your of opinion. Sarah makes her opinion very clear to her husband. A- Abraham knows exactly what his wife thinks he should do in this situation. Cast him out. Kick him out. Verse 11 says, And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. You know, to, to use today's terminology, I mean, this is a blended family, and, and that can be complicated, and Abraham, on the one hand, wants to please his wife, but on the other hand, he loves his son. This is his son, so he's kind of stuck here between a rock and a hard place. Situation was displeasing 
to Abraham. What do you do in that situation? Well, look at verse 12. In verse 12, God spoke to Abraham and told Abraham what he should do. Whenever we face a difficult situation where we aren't sure what to do, or we have to make a very difficult decision or a very emotional decision, we should always want to hear from the Lord before we act and allow the Lord to speak to us and allow the Lord to direct us. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord through prayer, through fasting. Seek the Lord in His Word. Seek for direction in God's Word. It says in the Psalms, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God will show us the way we we should go. He wants to direct our steps. He wants to show us the path to take. James says, if if you need wisdom, ask, and our generous God, he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. That's a promise from God. If If we need wisdom, don't know what to do, difficult situation, not sure what the right thing is here, it's not easy, you can ask God and he'll give you wisdom from above. Proverbs 2, verse 3 says, Cry out for insight and ask for understanding, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding, and God will grant it to you. So here is Abraham. He's in this tough spot, and God speaks to him, and God gives him direction. God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman, Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. God tells Abraham, hey, your wife is right. You should put out Ishmael and Hagar. Listen to her voice. You know, when when Ishmael scoffed at Isaac's party, it seems that it was more than just sibling jealousy. Uh, In fact, in the New Testament, Galatians 4, when it talks about this, the word that Paul uses is persecution. Ishmael persecuted Isaac. And there seems to be something more here with this, this incident that takes place. And what seems to be here is that Ishmael opposed the plan of God. For his family. He opposed the promise of God. To Abraham and to Isaac. He, he, he actively opposed what, what God was doing. And so it was necessary for Ishmael to be put out of the house. So again, this, is, this isn't just a teenage kid. You know, pushing back. Or scoffing. He's, he's opposing what this family's all about. And what this family stands for. He, it's, it's, he's an affront to the family, and he, he, you know, if he stays in the home, his presence in the home, or in the tent in this case, would cause strife in the home and make things intolerable for the family. So he needs to go. And sometimes it's necessary to put an adult child out of the house on their own. Sometimes it's for the good of the family, 
And for the peace in the home, sometimes it's for the good of that child. They just need to grow up and be independent. Sometimes it's for the good of everyone. Good for the family, good for that kid to be out on on their own. That's not to say it's easy. That's not to say that it's uh, easy on the parents or or anything like that. But but sometimes that's what you got to do. It's what's best. So the Lord tells him, yeah, listen to Sarah. Listen to her voice. You do need to put him out. he's, He's against what I'm trying to do in your family. And so he needs to to be put out. But then in verse 13, the Lord reassures Abraham of the promises he made regarding Israel. He will make a nation of of Ishmael. He will make a nation of Ishmael. He's got big plans for Ishmael. Not just for Isaac, but he's got plans for for Ishmael. And and God has already told Abraham this, that he will make a nation of Ishmael back in chapter 13. 17. And so here he's really just reminding Abraham of the promises he's already made regarding his child. And sometimes we need to be reminded of God's promises, don't we? We need God to remind us over and over of the promises that he has made to us or promises that he has made regarding our children. We need to hear it again and again. Things like I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know that. I I can point it to you in the Bible. But I need to hear that. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Or, you know, uh, God works all things together for good. I know that. Romans 8.28, I know it. But I need to hear it. Often. Or no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Yes, that's right. I forgot that. I know it. I can find it in the Bible, but I need to hear it. Or or don't worry about your life. That's a good one for 2020. Don't worry about your life. Matthew chapter 6, what you'll eat or what you'll wear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's right. I need to hear that. We need to hear the promises of God over and over to build up our trust. Faith comes by hearing, and we need to hear it over and over. And so here God just repeats to Abraham this promise that he's already made regarding his son Ishmael, so that Abraham knows that God has got his child, that his child is going to be okay, that his child's life is in God's hands, and God has a plan for his child. It makes it easier on Abraham to do what he's got to do. So, verse 14, Abraham rose early in the morning. Then you like, like this morning with the daylight savings, and you just, you, you just felt so spiritual waking up, and it was really, a, you know, it was a free hour. So Abraham rose early in the morning, and look what it says. He took bread and a skin of water, that would be an animal skin, a goat skin, and putting it on her shoulder... He gave it and the boy to Hagar, and he sent her away. And then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. First of all, I want you to note here that Abraham immediately obeyed the Lord without delay. He was immediately obedient. It reminds me of when Jesus called his disciples, when he called Peter and Andrew, who were fishermen, and Jesus said to them, If you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately, Peter and Andrew dropped their nets and followed Jesus. 
immediately. They didn't say, let me think about it for a couple days and I'll get back to you. They didn't say, let me put in two weeks notice at my job. They walked off the job and they immediately followed Jesus. He asked me how I know and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.